What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Slaw Sports Show. I'm your host, Cole Noble, a.k.a. Slaw, back for another episode this week. Um, it is, again, Saturday, Slaw Sports Show Saturdays, uh, rolling strong here for yet another week. Got a lot to talk about today, um, mostly MLB today. Uh, we're going to stick with the MLB. Uh, we got the championship series going on um, tonight. We actually got a Game 6 and a Game 7. So we're uh, quickly approaching the World Series um, starting on Tuesday, October 20th. Um, so we're going to be talking about those two matchups leading up to the World Series, what we expect to go down um, in the World Series and how we expect the games going on uh, tonight, how we, how we think those two are going to go down, and then go back and recap what we've seen throughout this series so far. Um, we've got a little bit of breaking news to talk about out of the NFL that came out this week as well. So we're going to start with that and then move over into the MLB for the rest of the episode. And we'll also be having a special guest joining us uh, for today's episode. we got Atlanta Braves super fan and my brother Taylor Noble back on the podcast. Fan favorite uh, coming back again to talk about the MLB. Uh, so I'm excited, ready to get started. And uh, let's go ahead and welcome Tay uh, Taylor into the show. So T, what's going on, man? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to have you back on the show. Absolutely. I'm excited. Happy for some postseason baseball, that's for sure. Yeah, as a Braves fan, you're getting a little, little excited over there. You guys are uh, coming in now again, one game away from a World Series berth. And, you know, like I said, Atlanta Braves super fan, you got to be feeling uh, really great where your team's at right now. Oh, yeah. There's definitely something special cooking in Atlanta right now. Yeah, they got to keep keep mixing things up again tonight, uh, as they're saying has been throughout this postseason. They're gonna to try to keep mix, uh, try to keep things mixing up here um, in Game Six, and hopefully tonight get their uh, World Series berth yet again. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got our ace Max Freed on the mound tonight, and there's something special in the air tonight. Something something good's gonna happen in Arlington, Texas tonight for the Atlanta Braves. So before we get into just this MLB uh, Championship Series, and then of course the World Series, something I want to bring up: we have breaking news coming out of this week. With Le'Veon Bell, you know, the three-time All-Pro running back who was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, had, um, you know, a four-year, $56 million contract with the Jets. He was released officially on Wednesday by the Jets after only appearing in 17 games. This year, you know, failed to hit the 200-yard mark, has yet to record a touchdown, been dealing with injuries, but he was released by the Jets. um, And then immediately the day following, Signed with the Kansas City Chiefs on a one-year, $1.69 million deal. Um, A short deal in terms of uh, contract and also salary. But you got to factor in that the Jets still owe Le'Veon $6 million for this season. Uh, So Le'Veon Bell signs a one-year deal with a contender. And uh, Tay, I just want to know, what's your thoughts on this Le'Veon Bell signing in Kansas City? Well, at first I was very skeptical. Um, he had the three different teams that he announced, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins. And logistically, I thought it would have been better for him to sign with the Dolphins or the Bills, being as they're one of the two teams that are in need of a future or a future primetime back with Le'Veon Bell. But as I sat back and think about it, I think this match was perfect not only for Le'Veon, but for the Chiefs. Um, Le'Veon is looking for that championship ring, and what better to do than to join the team that won the Super Bowl last year? From the Chiefs' standpoint, they have one of the most 
overlooked rookies in the draft with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he might be the best rookie out of this class right now as being the number one back out of um, Kansas City. But I think Le'Veon will be the perfect guy to kind of lead Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and to show him what it takes to play in the NFL. Um, they don't really need Le'Veon to be in the prime of his career, but he can easily split time with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just to kind of show him the ropes and show him basically what it takes to be a prime time running back in the NFL. Yeah, and my take on it, um, just what I mentioned on one-on-one sports um, here at Elon this past uh, Thursday, uh, but my take on it is one-year deal. Um, just sign with a contender this year for Le'Veon Bell. Your salary is already taken care of by the Jets for this season. You don't need to go secure a bag somewhere. Uh, so what we're looking at here is exactly uh, what I just said. Signed with a contender, with the Chiefs, um, you know, in that regard, with his three teams, um, knowing he's going to sign that one year with the contender, it was going to be Chiefs or Buffalo. But I honestly like the Chiefs a lot more than Buffalo. Um, I think um, Andy Reid with the Chiefs is going to do a lot better job utilizing Bell into his offense. And also, I think it's great for Clyde Edwards-Elair. Um, you know, obviously, it's not good with your uh, first-round pick, um, you know, rookie running back, having to take carries away from him, hindering his improvement. But he's been the lead back of this offense. You know, no one else really taking carries away from him. Now he gets a chance to rest here and get Le'Veon Bell some carries. However, he will be inactive this week for week six due to COVID-19 protocols in the NFL. Um, you know, he has, to ta- he has to, you know, continue to test negative, pass all the protocols, and it's a five-day ordeal with that. So we won't see him suit up until week seven. Um, but nevertheless, a huge signing for the Kansas City Chiefs. So now uh, we're going to switch over to the MLB. Um, I just want to hit on that to some breaking news with Le'Veon Bell signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. But now, um, you know, we got our special guest, super um, Atlanta Braves super fan, uh, Taylor Noble on the show. So let's go ahead and switch over to some baseball now and uh, just start talking about this championship series today. Uh, so we're going to start over uh, with the Houston Af- Astros against the Tampa Bay Rays. Right now, tonight, they're going into a Game 7 matchup. We'll start just breaking down game by game what we've seen from this series so far. So we begin with Game 1. Uh, game 1 was Frabier Valdez against Blake Snell on the mound. And the Rays pretty much took care of him. Um, you know, they had to fight for that one, but they came out of it 2-1 to get that first lead um, on the series. Um, just out of Game 1 with that game. Uh, what's pretty much the takeaway you saw out of that one, Tay? Houston um with Houston not being a fan favorite obviously this year with all the cheating and scandals that went on this past offseason but I thought after this game with Blake Snell going five five innings four shutout frames um I thought that the Astros were in trouble um Tampa Bay is a team that is known to be able to pitch and in game one their breakout player Randy Arozarena absolutely transformed himself into the best fastball hitter on the planet that was his fourth home run of the season and I honestly thought at the time that Tampa Bay was going to run away with the series in four games. Yeah, definitely looked like it through week one. Um, they pretty much shut down the Astros, who, you know, coming into this series, looked like they were starting to heat up offensively. But Jose Altuve's one-run bomb in the first inning was the only run they scored in game one. Uh, so Blake Snell did a great job just shutting them down from there on out. And uh, just the rest of the bullpen came in and closed that one out in game one. All right, so then game two comes along. Uh, Rays again take that one, so they're off to a 2-0 lead. 
Uh, they won game two, four to two. And that one was Lance McCullers against Charlie Morton. And Charlie Morton, you know, pitched five scoreless um, with five strikeouts in that one. So, again, just holding that uh, Houston Astros offense at bay through that one. Uh, but give credit to Lance McCullers, 11 strikeouts through seven innings in game two. And then just what do you have out of that game? Um, well, that game ended 4-2, like you said. It really came down to two basic mistakes. And it was Jose Altuve's errors. Um, mm-hmm. Altuve was struggling really bad in the first part of the series with making some throwing errors, some errors, fielding errors at second base. And the Rays scored all four of their runs in the first inning. But two of those runs came off Jose Altuve's throwing error. I think it was... This kind of started to turn the tide a little bit with the Astros knowing, okay, we know we can keep up with them offensively. They just have to make sure that they are crisp when the Rays are on offense to limit the scoring that they do so Houston can score the way that Houston mm-hmm. has been scoring all year. And, you know, the Rays got off to a fast start. Um, you know, the, the first run bomb by Manuel Margot, um, just three-run bomb uh, from him. And then uh, Mike Zunino hit another home run in the seventh. And, you know, that – already secure it through seven innings the way their pitching staff was, you know, working it in game two. Right. All right. Now we go over to game three of this series again, five, two Rays. Like you said, you know, you, you look, you thought that the Rays um, are going to pull this one out in four games through three. It's looking like it um, another five, two win. So, you know, Astros have yet to put up three, three runs through the first three games of this series. And, you know, uh, Joey Wendell, Hunter Renfro both caught fire in the sixth inning of that game. You know, they just had a dominant defense and phenomenal pitching on that one as well um, through the first six. And then after the sixth, the offense really caught fire for the Rays in game three. Right. Uh, this was another product of another Jose Altuve thrown there. The top of the sixth was very crucial to this game with Tampa Bay Rays putting up five runs. Um once again, Jose Altuve had a very, very poor start of the series, making error after error. I mean, a thrown error led to two hit-by-pitches, and then before you knew it, Tampa Bay scored five runs. Um, I mean, this improved Tampa Bay to 29-1, including the playoffs at the time, while they were scoring at least five runs. And any type of momentum that Houston thought they had, during game three, that definitely went away, as the Tampa Bay Rays went up 3-0 with a good look of possibly sweeping the series. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And like I said, you know, through these first three games, the Rays are looking like they're going to run away with this one in four. But then comes game four, five, and six. Astros go up. You know, they win 4-3 in game four, 4-3 game five, 7-4 last night in game six, forcing a game seven after being down 0-3 in the series. Uh, You know, what switch really turned for the Astros here in the second half of the series and what started to go wrong over on Tampa Bay side where they couldn't close out this series in four games? Well, Houston started off in game four by throwing their ace, Zach Greinke. Um, down 3-0, there's no person that you want to have the ball rather than your number one. And with the Astros having their problems, you know, they lost Garrett Cole this year. Before the playoffs, Justin Verlander announced that he was going to have Tommy John surgery. So they really need Zach Greinke to step up. Uh, Zach Greinke definitely struck up, or stepped up. He faced 22 batters through 87 pitches. And... You know, he just kind of stepped up for his team. And then they started hitting the ball really well. George Springer had a two-run bomb on uh, game four. Carlos Correa had a game-winning home run on game five. And, you know, this offense is just really clicking. Well, 
the Rays' bullpen is slowly starting to fade away. The Rays' bullpen has been dominant all year, but here lately in the past two games, they've had trouble with control. They've been walking a lot of people. And walks lead to hits, where it's okay if you give up a solo shot here and there or a base hit here and there. But if you're walking players to get players on, those solo shots that turn into two-run, three-run bombs, it makes it really easy for a team to fall behind quick early in the game if you're walking to batters. Yeah, and this this Astros offense I've been talking about started showing up in these last three games, you know, especially last night. You know, they recorded 11 hits in that game um, going up against Blake Snell, who pretty much shut them down in that first matchup in game one. So when he comes back in, uh, you know, or didn't have 11 on Snell, but, you know, had three on Snell, had three on Diego Castillo, and then five again. Um, so just 11 hits in game six last night for the Astros. And, you know, right now they got that pitching staff flustered. Um, their offense is back where they want it to be. And, you know, they're getting hits, getting runs. And, you know, just going into game seven tonight, it's really going to come down to uh, what really happens here. You know, we're going to get a replicate game from Lance McCullers where he has, you know, 11 strikeouts through seven innings with this high-scoring offense um, that starts showing up here uh, with the Astros that are really starting to get things put together. Um, Tampa Bay's in a tricky situation going into tonight on game, uh, with game seven. Absolutely. They, they are definitely back to the ropes at this point. They were World Series favorites, and they've gone from World Series favorites to underdogs in game seven of the AOCS. It's going to be fun to watch. So now we go over um, to the other side, and we go over to your, your Atlanta Braves, who are taking on the LA Dodgers. So the one and two seeds. And just what's coming out of uh, the Braves this postseason has been incredible with Ian Anderson, who has still yet to allow, yet to allow a run all postseason long. And, you know, tonight's game is going to be really important um, because Max Fried is on the mound against Walker Bueller. And if it comes down to it, Ian Anderson might have to come into this game um, and try to, you know, win the series here for the Braves, or they might try to hold him off uh, until game seven if that actually happens tonight. And just what do you think uh, coming out of here um, with that in mind? Yeah, uh, I think Brian Snicker is absolutely going to have to go all in on the chips on this game. Um, the worst case scenario for the Braves is to go to a game seven. Um, we do not want to give the Dodgers any momentum that we thought that we might have gave them last night or two nights ago when they blew up in that first inning of collusion. But – I think all the chips have to go in. They're going to start Max Reed, and hopefully Max Reed's going to do what he's done all year, is go five or more scoreless innings and just give that bullpen a chance. Um, when the Braves are winning and they put their bullpen in, they're basically unbeatable. If their bullpen has the lead, it's unheard of for them to lose the lead. I don't think they should use Ian Anderson, but I think if it comes to an absolute point where they need somebody that can shut them down, then absolutely turn to Ian Anderson. But we have to also look forward to Game 7, or if we make it to the World Series today, World Series Game 1, where we need that guy, whether it's Game 7 to stop him and make it to the World Series, or that guy to set up Game 1. Because if we can't have Ian Anderson starting Game 1, then we're going to have to look towards Kyle Wright or Bryce Wilson. So nevertheless, you're just going to need another big game out of Max Fried, like we saw in Game 1. Uh, you know, the Braves took Game 1 5-1, to one, you know, led on offense by Freddie Freeman, Austin Riley, and Ozzie Albies each hitting home runs in that game. But Max Fried, you know, six innings, nine, nine strikeouts um, against Walker Bueller, who was taken out after five. That's We need something like that again. Uh, just the Braves offense catching fire um, in this in this game tonight. 
in order to keep Ian Anderson out of that game. Just keep Max Fried on the mound and um, just see kind of what they can work with. Because um, like you said, if it comes down to a game seven, they're going to want Ian Anderson on the mound for that game. Or, you know, if they win tonight, they want him on the mound um, game one of the World Series. And then game two, uh, just again, we're just going to run through uh, the game so far. So game two was Ian Anderson's um, first night on the mound in this series. Pitch a solid four innings. Um, uh, didn't really disappoint uh, through his four innings. Uh, the Braves won 8-7. Um, you know, the Dodgers, they came, they started coming back. Had a four-run ninth inning in that one, but eventually held uh, one run short in that one. So the Dodgers started putting their offense together. Um, there in game two after you know only putting up one run in game one and then game three the Dodgers really came alive on offense 15 to three the final score of that one you know 11 runs in the first inning that's a postseason record now uh, for the Dodgers so the Dodgers came alive offensively in game three and this is what I'm talking about with you know Max Fried and Ian Anderson uh, get two dominant wins game one game two those guys aren't there for game three, you know, giving up 11 runs in the first 15 total. Um, was that worrisome uh, for you as a Braves fan that, you know, just devastating game three loss? It was definitely worrisome. Um, we, you got to remember that these Los Angeles Dodgers are a team that's made the World Series three out of the past four years. They know how to hit and they know what it takes to make it to the World Series. Um, so the Braves are definitely in a fight. You know, we had our rookie starter, Kyle Wright, on the mound, who he's had his troubles in the past in the past regular season where he would have games like this where he would leave the ball over the middle of the plate and get hit around a little bit. However, in the division series against the Marlins, Kyle Wright was unbelievable. He looked just like Matt Freed and Ian Anderson did and almost really established his spot as the third starter in this rotation. But after this game, he has a big comeback to do, and he's got to figure out what it's going to take in order to put him down because you can't fall behind this bad early and expect to come out with a win. And then uh, game four came around. Braves got back in the win column. A surprising victory because Clayton Kershaw, who had a you know had no runs through five innings, all of a sudden gave up six in the sixth, never even made, uh, never even made it out in that inning. Uh, so the Braves come back in that one in game four, win 10-2. to two. Um, You know, Bryce uh, Wilson for the Braves pitched that game, gave up a home run early, but then went no hit uh, the rest of the way through six innings. And then, again, Braves offense coming alive late in the game. And then last night we saw that game five matchup, um, you know, with the great Twitter loved it. Will Smith, Will Smith matchup. You know, Will Smith on the mound. For the Red Sox, or <laughs> pardon me, um, for the Braves, and then um, Will Smith, the catcher for the Dodgers, that turned into a huge Twitter-loving battle. Um, where Will Smith, you know, took Will Smith yard uh, for a three-run shot, and then Corey Seager, um, you know, he had some home runs as well. Just again, the Dodgers again outplayed the Braves there. Um, in a game where the Braves pretty much should have closed it out in Game Five last night, just what are your takeaways uh, from la- from last night's game as well? Well, when the game first started, I was a little uneasy to begin with because we were starting AJ Minter, who was our closer last night or closer last year, excuse me. But AJ Minter absolutely threw the baseball, struck out seven Dodgers, and basically made their offense non-existent. So. 
as a, as a Braves fan, when you see that, you get really excited. And then, um, like you said, Will Smith comes in, and he, he's been struggling this postseason a little bit. And then Will Smith hits the home run off of him, and then that just started the avalanche. Corey Seager hit two bombs. Will Smith hit a bomb. I mean, this Dodgers team is a team that can hit, they can run, and they can pitch. So if the Braves want to come out with the win in Game 7, they're going to have to absolutely just outplay the Dodgers. They're going to need their supporting cast of players, not just Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, and Ronald Acuna hitting, but they're going to need guys to step up like Dansby Swanson, Travis Darno, and Ozzie Albies, and Austin Riley. They need them to step up to back them up because you can't have those three guys going against this star-studded Los Angeles Dodgers cast. And then something you want to see for the Dodgers as well, a guy who's been pretty much relatively quiet um, you know, he scored a lot of runs uh, by getting on base and then scoring. Um, but, you know, he's been relatively quiet so far this series is Mookie Betts, who's battling right now for the MVP award with the guy on the other side, Freddie Freeman, who's been lighting it up offensively. So as a guy who's all for the Freeman MVP train, MVP free, if you will, um, you know, are you liking your chances right now with Freeman winning MVP, um, especially with Mookie Betts? Um, not really stepping up here in the series? Uh, I think so. I think Freddie Freeman is more valuable to his team than Mookie Betts. However, you cannot forget the meaning that Mookie Betts is to this Los Angeles Dodgers. The tide started to turn last night when Mookie Betts made the shoestring catch to induce the double play of Marcelo Zuna. Mookie Betts, not only is he a good hitter, but he's just as valuable to his team in the field and on bases as he is hitting the baseball. If he's not hitting as good as he, as good as he can... He's in the field making a spectacular play, turning that tide of the momentum for his team, or he's on base, stealing bases, just doing whatever he can to make his team win. Mookie Betts is a one good player, and the Dodgers definitely got a good one there. But I think the unreal hitting performance and defensive performance that Freeman put together this year, I think it's a runaway. Um, a lot of people have different opinions, but I think for sure that Freddie Freeman's going to win the MVP this year. And, you know, it took me a little while to hop on this train, but obviously having your brother um you know in your ear big time um atlanta braves fan like i said i'm sorry to agree with him um freddie freeman just has been playing great ba- uh great baseball the last couple of games and you know throughout the whole season as well um so again with you i'm gonna go uh with freeman now uh finally switch over now go with him for the mvp award so looking into um or looking forward to tonight's game obviously uh, the Houston Astros Tampa Bay Rays series will be decided tonight in game seven. And then the Braves, like we talked about, game six, Max Fried against Walker Buehler. So there's a chance tonight the World Series matchup could be decided if the Braves hang on and, you know, take care of business here tonight in game six. So after tonight, uh, what's your thoughts on who's going to go forward um, into this World Series and who's going to be your World Series matchup? Um, in the AL, I think. Are going to run away with it. The momentum is wow. too far from their side, and their bats have woken up. It's not going to make a lot of people happy within the Twitter world or the MLB fan base, but the fact of the matter is the Astros still know how to hit, and they're showing it. Um, they have Lance McCullers on the mound facing Charlie Morton, like you said. And last time this happened, Charlie, or excuse me, Lance McCullers threw an absolute gym. If they can get that same performance from McCullers matched with the high powered offense that the Astros have, I think they're an easy lock to the World Series in the American League. On the National League, this game's going to come up solely on Max Free. If Max Free can be the Max Free that he's been all year, then I think the 
the Braves win this game. If it goes to a game seven, then I think it's going to be very, very interesting as to what happens with potentially Bruce Dargraderall or Dustin May or Clayton Kershaw against Ian Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I believe Max Reed will do what Max Reed's been doing all year, and I think the Braves will come out of get this game too in a high-scoring game. I'm talking like six or seven runs each side. But I think it's going to be the Houston Astros versus the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. See, now it's interesting you bring up uh, the Houston Astros as your pick to go to the World Series because, um, you know, with everything that happened with the sign-stealing sandal, um, it'd be huge for the Astros to come back um, to the World Series now, um, just huge for that franchise um, and that and that club just to go back to another World Series. Um, you know, after everyone's staying, they, you know, basically won the World Series by cheating. Um, so just to come back and win this one now will be huge. Um, for that team Um, but in my opinion the world series uh, so tay had the uh, braves taking on the astros and the braves winning the world series this year as his predictions um so for my predictions i think the braves are the uh yeah the braves take care of the dodgers um tonight in game six um don't need to rely on ian anderson they can start him game one of the world series um and then out of the other side i got the rays uh the rays coming back Um, You know, Muhammad Ali style on the ropes, taking care of the Astros tonight in Game 7. So I got Braves and Rays. That's going to be a huge matchup, in my opinion, for the World World Series. Uh, But ultimately, just how the offense is. And, um, you know, with Ian Anderson on the mound in Game 1, I think the uh, Atlanta Braves go off to a quick start in the World Series. And then that's my prediction as well. Uh, So just the Braves over Rays. And Tay's got the Braves over the Astros. That's all the time we have here on the Slaw Sports Show uh, for today's episode. So thank you all for tuning in and listening uh, to this episode. Um, And then thank you to uh, Tay as well for joining the episode. Always great to have guests on the show. Um, But again, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, So y'all have a great week. We'll see you again next Saturday um, on the Slaw Sports Show. Uh, So we'll see you guys next time. Peace.